0: Welcome to wellness wins, where we celebrate the stories of people who have overcome major health and wellness challenges or are managing them successfully. Today I'm speaking with Bridget Burns, who shares her story of how she worked through significant mental health struggles. I want to give you a content advisory. This episode contains sensitive subject matters, including a discussion of a mental health crisis and an experience with domestic violence. Bridget has been through some real hardships, and she's in a much better place today. You'll hear in her voice her passion, her joy, and her eagerness to help others through their own struggles. Additionally, I wanted to share a website with you in case you or anyone you know is experiencing mental health difficulties. It's ProjectHealthyMinds.com. You can find links here for a wide range of resources for a variety of needs, including mental health crises, relationship issues, grief, trauma, depression, anxiety, and more. There's also a directory for anyone looking for a talk therapist. And at the end, we'll discuss how you can reach Bridget in case you would like to work with her as a coach. And the links for her info will be in the show notes as well. Now, here's the interview with Bridget. Bridget, I'm so excited to chat with you today about your background, your experiences, with wellness and where that journey has taken you over the years. Tell me a little bit about your background and I'll preface it with, I know you've transitioned from the nursing field to the health coaching field. Um, Maybe you can share a little bit about that journey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, I'm a nurse with a background in surgery and pain management. Most recently I'm a specialist for a medical device company though. But prior even to that, I had kind of a tough childhood. And those traumas bled into my adulthood. So by my mid-20s, I was married. I owned a home. I was 15 minutes from my parents. I was a surgical nurse. I felt like I had everything, yet I was so unhappy. I struggled with anxiety and depression for years, and for years I'd been going to therapy. And still I was arguing with my husband daily, um, and I didn't know what I was doing wrong. So five years into my marriage, I got divorced. And like a domino effect, we got divorced. He lost his job. We sold the house. He moved to another state and the pandemic hit. And then I moved to LA from Chicago, all within an eight month span. It was so crazy.
0: It's a lot to go through in an even bigger span of time, but in eight months, I can't imagine.
1: Oh gosh. Yeah. It was nuts. Um, I, But I was holding my own. It was great. I got to LA. I was so excited. I was living on my own. So I focused on self-care, going to do that work, (laughs) Um, got into meditation and journaling, exercising, healthy eating. I did all of the things, um, but I was still struggling. So I ended up actually finding a coach um, through a series of interesting events that I'll get into later on. And then my life entirely changed. I thought Mm. that transition was a big change. This transition internally has been incredible.
0: You made a lot of external changes in your life in terms of wellness, and then there, it sounds like there's something about the coaching group that allowed you to make some internal changes that caused a shift.
1: Once I got to LA, um, a I, as I said, I was living on my own, was really excited in my girl energy. And I started dating a guy that was waving all kinds of red flags. It was popping out of his ears. It was so bad. But I stayed because there was this little girl in me that thought that with enough patience and love and caring that he might change for some, gosh knows what reason for me. And it actually ended up that we went on a mini vacation to Las Vegas and he ended up strangling me that night. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was it was it was a lot. The police were called. I'm okay. Um, a, he was escorted away and on my way back to LA, I just sobbed and thought to myself, how did I get here? How did I get from being married to the man of my dreams in a home close to my parents to a city that I'm so unfamiliar with, driving home from Vegas after an abusive relationship that I'd been in for only two months, but he's been abusing me for weeks. Mm-hmm. What happened?
0: Wow, Bridget, thankfully you're removed from that now. You're on the other side of things in a much better place, but I can hear the emotion in your voice, how it takes you and I'm wondering if you can kind of talk us through what you did next that helped get you from where you were
1: to where you are today. So from there, the anxiety and depression that I'd already been experiencing obviously escalated tenfold. I was now experiencing PTSD and I was actually gifted a three-month group coaching session. And in those three months, I felt like something actually shifted in me. I I mean, I've been going through therapy for, excuse me, for years. And I still haven't gotten any answers. When I did this coaching program, though, something lit in me. And I knew that this was a method that I could stick with. This is a method that I felt was actually helping, not just the superficial stuff that I think that we don't really get to. And that was my sign that I needed to be a, a coach. If I can be a surgical nurse and help patients in that regard, I think that this is way more helpful. You can avoid the surgery altogether with coaching, I feel. You. When did you decide to kind of make that change? So it was probably only a couple weeks into that group coaching session. That's when the change started to happen. That's when something clicked in me. So I did the group coaching and immediately found a one-on-one coach of my own and signed up for a health and wellness coaching certification program. So while I'm learning, I'm also getting it from my coach. And then I'm also practicing with my with my classmates and then I'm also in like multiple other coaching avenues. I've made friends that are coaches. I just have it coming from all angles because I recognize the communication style is incredibly valuable, not just as a coach, but also as a friend just reflecting somebody's feelings back to them is really healing. It allows them to see what they're saying And make adjustments if necessary.
0: When you first joined that health coaching group, what was the first glimmer that you experienced where you thought, hmm, this is creating a little bit of a mindset change or shift, and something's different about how I'm viewing wellness?
1: I remember right after one of the sessions, I felt I'd I'd gone into the session feeling really, really depressed. Um, I I had a lot of suicidal thoughts. I was on this really weird wave of being terrified that I was going to hurt myself and terrified that I was going to hurt the people around me by hurting myself. So it was really uncomfortable space. And I walked out of the bedroom that I was taking this call in for the group coaching. And I felt this ray of hope in me that only being in a group coaching session for a couple of weeks could light this fire in me. That made me excited about living again. That was mind blowing. I thought that it was going to be a medication or I thought it was going to be more therapy or whatever it was. And it just ended up somebody reflecting something back at me and wow. me saying, that's it that you're saying my words and now I'm hearing it. It was powerful. Yeah, it was, gosh, it was amazing. I keep on thinking about that now that I'm yeah. going through all this.
0: <laughs> There's kind of that one, I'm sure there was a series of things, but that one moment kind of stands out to you. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm curious, I guess, given the the things that you've been through in the past, and you've done a lot of things to support yourself to care for yourself acknowledging like you have gone through PTSD um what does that healing journey look like for you now currently compared to maybe what you were doing in the past
1: so yeah what i was doing in the past was really nothing i read a lot um all science fiction and i watched a lot of harry potter and disney movies and um i i had i've always had dogs but Outside of that, I didn't do anything um, uh, for self-care. I never exercised. I ate whatever I wanted. And I didn't have any kind of routine. So now I have a set routine every morning. I'm working on my routine every night because it's always a work in progress. But yeah, I... Meditate now 30 minutes in the morning. I journal for another 15 minutes. I do yoga every day. I practice Spanish and guitar every day because I want it's not just the self healing, but it's a self journey, journey and expanding yourself, your self awareness. And with that, by getting more into coaching, I'm writing blogs that are bridging my nursing career with my coaching career by finding evidence-based practices on things for self-care for anxiety and depression, like petting dogs increases your oxytocin and increases your dog's oxytocin too. So go pet a dog.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. I mean, we kind of assume there's gotta be something good about it because it feels nice to cuddle with a pet. And now there's evidence to back that up. Now there's evidence. (laughs) That's fantastic. Okay, so we've covered a little bit about um, some things in your background that kind of led you to make this transition. What would you say were your internal strengths and what were some external resources that kind of helped you make that transition to where you are today?
1: Internal strength wise, I would say my faith and creativity. I believe that there's something benevolent out there that's got my back. I know. No more than that, other than what you read in books. You know, everyone's got their thing, but otherwise creativity is actually really one of my strong points. I would give myself a pat on the back there. Um, There was one night in particular, um, that's a really great example of this. Um, I was really depressed and curled up in a fetal position, sobbing and not sure if I was going to make it the next day, honestly um and i had this notion to sing to myself i've been in choir my whole life up until college and singing has always been really fun but obviously when you're feeling pretty down you're not in the mood to sing but i was really being pushed by something so i just started singing um i Words of affirmation, or things that were making me feel good, to the tune of "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star." <laughs> nice. And as I continued doing that, I felt better. And mm-hmm. from there, I realized that I needed to use that for certain parts of my own wellness. That's just a everyone's different. Everyone's got their their stick, and singing is it for me. Oh, so you listen to the <laughs> lyrics not just listen to them, but feel them, feel them penetrating your body. And I see you uh, nodding your head. So I know that you've done this before. Just feel it in you and pretend like the words are for you. Not for anybody else. It's just for you. That song was made for you. And you'd be surprised at how incredibly good you feel after picking out some really good songs. Um, I I suggest Disney because it always has great messages (laughs) Yeah.
0: Do you have a running playlist? It's like your, uh, pump pump up playlist.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I have multiple playlists for the different types of energy that I'm trying to feel for that moment. Depression I've found is not a, it's not like you take a pill and it's gone for good. It's not something that you can take an antibiotic for. It's something that you're continuously working at. And that's kind of always in the background, you know, it but you have control over it. You manage it. So anytime that I'm feeling that tickle behind my head saying, Hey, look at me. I just repeat. I am okay. I am okay. I am okay. And eventually I'll be motivated to say, I am freaking awesome. I am wonderful. And then dancing and singing.
0: Tell me more about the dance aspect.
1: Movement is one of the most healing modalities that we have. Taking a walk for 30 minutes for three times a week has been shown to actually give you the chemicals that you need for your brain in order to work yourself out of depression. That's all you need. You should do more if you want to have a healthy, fit body, but that's all you need for those chemicals. So dancing is another way of getting that movement in your body. Um, uh, releasing whatever blocked energies you have, if you believe in that. And for me, it's getting my heart rate up, creating those chemicals in my brain to help nourish me and allowing me to have fun. Because sometimes I forget, forget that life is just fun and it should not feel like work because if it feels like work, you're doing it wrong.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What kind of music really lights you
1: up? Um, as I said, Disney. Disney is oh, yeah. an all-time favorite. Mm-hmm.
0: There's a lot of good um, classics.
1: Outside of that, 80s and 90s music, obviously because I was born in the 80s. I, I love jamming out to that. Um, Britney Spears and Backstreet Boys, that's my jam. Nice.
0: <laughs> yes, I am from a similar generation, and that, that lands
1: with me as well.
0: It's good just to crank up some of those tunes that you can, you know, all the words too. because Yeah, exactly.
1: I love being able to actually know
0: what the heck I'm singing. Yeah, the, the movement piece is so powerful. So I work in a clinic with folks with um, concussions, migraines, and that's another avenue we've seen amazing benefits of exercise. Just, you know, like you said, it can be 20, 30 minutes, three times a week. That can be really enough to turn things around for them both. Um, on that, that emotional, mental piece, but also in terms of just getting the healing process going for some of their other conditions. So it's really wonderful to hear how such a simple thing can be so powerful and make such a big change. And then the dance element, like you said, bringing fun into it, because I think when we think of wellness, sometimes there's this like earnest dry, like I must do the right thing for myself. And we forget like, you know what, it doesn't have to be all grim and so serious. We can have a good time with it too.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. The, the joy fun is the uh, key. Bring mm-hmm. in that little girl, that little, uh, that little kid in you. They got to have fun.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's fantastic. So you talked about some of those internal strengths that you bring. Were there any external resources, um, that you can think of that helped with this journey as well?
1: Absolutely. My, uh, my biggest external strength or resources was actually my support system. I have an incredibly loving family and friends that are really, really, they just, they prove to me that they are always going to be there for me. Even my, my partner that I found has been incredibly patient and wonderful and supportive. And he's learning with me as I go through this, he suffers from anxiety as well so we're figuring each other out with that and then my coach my goodness I would kiss those or that woman's pee it's so amazing the things that she has taught me and helped me through and all the coaches that I've met and that I've worked with they that whole support system all together has been just incredible for my healing journey it's been imperative for me to get from where I was even just a year ago from now to where I am today. Yeah,
0: that social piece, we learn about it when we learn about coaching. And it's fresh in my mind because I just took the national boards for coaching and so I've been studying social learning theory, which sounds very academic when you're reading about it. But in reality, we do see it play out and how important that social support system is in so many different ways in helping us make changes in our life. And also you mentioned something that's pretty foundational to coaching called reflections. Maybe you can explain a little bit about what that means or what that looks like in terms of coaching. Sure.
1: So how I use reflection is there's multiple different ways and they can all be called different things. But ultimately what you're trying to do is repeat back, kind of paraphrasing what that other person is saying so that they can understand, they can see their own words from a different angle. It's giving them their perspective via your mouth. And sometimes it's hard for us to actually grasp what we're saying because we're telling ourselves this over and over and over again in the same way. But if we get somebody else to tell us the same information or tell us in a way that strikes a chord with us, it's the same information, but it's being given to us in a way that just plugs a hole and sets that key in the lock and finally click something in us, and I love that moment. <laughs> it's so, it's really, really fantastic to hear that little tinkle in the bell's back or the back of somebody's head as they realize, "Oh, I get it. It's not me doing anything. They are doing everything. They're doing the, all the work. I'm just being a mirror. I'm being a mirror for their words, and they figure it out. It's really fantastic." I agree. And you're lighting up as you talk
0: about it and it makes me recall those moments too. And it, it's so fun. Um, I love that part. What would you say you enjoy most about working as a health coach?
1: It's actually that piece. It's being there when somebody says that, oh, or you can just hear something in in the silence that something has finally clicked over and they, they get it. Outside of that, it's recognizing that the women that I work with were in the same spot that I was. So worse or better, it doesn't really matter. It's, not, it's all relevant. And, and being able to do that for somebody else is a blessing. I wish that I had this person 10 years ago. I wish that I knew what coaching was. Even I wish that I knew what depression was at the time because I didn't even know that that was why I was feeling so down, so my favorite part of all of this is that I can be there for the women that I know need it because I needed it, and I've eventually found it, but I think there needs to be more of us like that out there
0: and so I'm guessing your experience, your background, some of that kind of um maybe plays into the type of coaching or the type of client that you're typically working with?
1: Yeah. Your I, mean, yeah. I mean, outside of my own personal experience, being in uh, pain management, I was dealing with a lot of patients that were struggling with a lot of mental health issues. Um, I, and I have a theory that physical pain is very much related to mental agonies there are stuff in our bodies that can be broken that can be inflamed absolutely but everything is connected there is bound to be something in your life and your past or whatever that is affecting that part of you so i saw the correlations there as i was working as a pain management nurse and then when i got into medical device for a pain management device i um, mean it was so obvious to me um So that's when I I really needed to switch gears because I changed my beliefs that Western medicine was the end all be all. And now I'm here. (laughs) I decided, all right, it's time to move on.
0: What type of clients would you say are typically drawn to you or that you connect with the most?
1: And normally there are women that have struggled with overwhelm or emotional regulation issues, anxiety, or depression are really common. And they're looking for some kind of meaning in their life. Cause so that's really, really common with people that have depression is that they need something to work towards something bigger than themselves. Not everybody, obviously, but that's what I found. And they're also willing to try something new. People that join in with coaches are people that want to change. They know that something, whatever else is going on in their lives is not working and they're ready for that change. They're also ready to let go of their beliefs that they've been holding on to. They may not know that those are beliefs they're holding on to, but coming into it, that's definitely a discussion that we have. And I make sure that they recognize there are things that even I myself still believe and I know logically it's not, it's not real, but it's still there. And I will continue to work on myself to straighten those misbeliefs out. And that's what we're doing in these coaching sessions is straightening out what's real. And that my mantra, that's, I was saying, I am enough. That is the most real thing that you can do. So we will work on acknowledging that pain and we'll give that little girl a hug in us and brick by brick. We lay the foundation so that they can have a more, fulfilling
0: life. When someone asks you what's the difference between the services you offer as a coach versus like other maybe mental health services, counseling, therapy, uh, what would you say your services look like compared to those services?
1: Well, to start earlier, I had mentioned that there is no pill that will cure anxiety or depression for good. And although that is true, There are plenty that can help create a ladder of sorts to get you out of that deep hole you may be in. Additionally, I am not a licensed therapist. Therapists focus on coping mechanisms. And although I will help with coping mechanisms for sure, a therapist is going to be more qualified in that area. My services are more intuitive. I help my clients identify what their ideal life looks like and how to achieve it. It's more action-oriented. So I'm supporting them through those challenges that anxiety and depression inevitably throw at them. Coaching is a great supplement to therapy. I found that my clients become more organized, have a better idea of what they want out of life. And we could to create a game plan of how to get to that ideal life they're looking for. What are some of the unique tools and other things that you use with your clients to achieve that? With that I like to bring in a bit more fun and play. I like to teach my clients how to read tarot cards and how to set up their own rituals and teach them about um, a habit tracking and I can be their accountability putty with that. And I think that's probably the biggest piece is having that accountability to the things that you want to add to your life. Because habits are really foundational to create stability at least for people with anxiety if you get things organized you'll have less anxiety around you
0: (laughs) oh (laughs) yeah I think that makes total sense yeah Yeah. if folks would like
1: to work with you how can they reach you they can reach out to me on my website it's bridget-burns.com and I do have an Instagram and Facebook Um, you can find me at cutemagic And that cue the magic, that is just my little hat tip to things that we don't understand. I believe that evidence-based practices in the medical field are necessary in order for us to proceed with um, a new research and proceed with things that need to go on in hospitals of which are completely necessary for our society. I believe in Western medicine, absolutely. However, there's a whole other side of medicine that we don't understand medicine is necessary, but magic is always around you. And there is a bridge between that. And I'm hoping that I can be that person too, Bridget.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. If you want to contact Bridget and learn more about her coaching business, I've included all her contact info and links in the show notes.